world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will <clears> you <throat> pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good morning, good morning. I'm, 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 I'm ripping, 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 ripping. The roll here this morning. That's an alliteration, I think they call that. Today is show number, what is it? How many? 1,850, I think, today, Jonathan. Would that be right? 1,850, something unbelievable. Unbelievable. 1840. Sounds like a year, doesn't it? 1840. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, getting up with me every morning, and thanks for not being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I just pulled something up here on my computer. Uh, we're without excuse. Did you know that? Did you know that uh, we're without excuse? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into that a little bit here this morning. Let me let me do a little yeah. bit of house cleaning before we do. What's that, man? Oh, maybe just said amen. <laughs> we're we're without we're without excuse. We're without excuse. And uh, <clears throat> you know, we went to um, make sure I get everything in here. We had the meeting down in, in uh, Dayton this weekend. We did. Uh, it was I was really really blessed by it. And let me tell you why. There weren't a lot of people there. there I didn't count. Might have been thirty. But you know what really blessed me? That's in the, I had seven guys, six guys jump in the car and ride over with me, make that trip over there. And I saw, you know, I saw it again this weekend, the importance, the importance of manly fellowship, real manly fellowship. Now, look, now we can do it here. I mean, we can to a degree. But there's nothing like getting in a car and riding with a group of guys for for an hour and a half one way and an hour and a half another way and being able to dig into the nitty gritty. And uh, <clears throat> I, I came away encouraged as I always come away encouraged when I'm around real godly men that, uh, boy, we're far more powerful than we know we are. So Betty brought, Betty jumped in her truck and drove, I, I don't know, that's three hours over, three hours back and brought brought her husband and her, and her dog. Betty's hungry, man. Betty's hungry. You know what? Some of you aren't hungry enough. Uh, uh-uh. Some of you aren't hungry enough. And uh, we're fat and sassy. Talking about myself, you know, yesterday, I, you know, I, was, I, I went for a walk yesterday. And I uh, took my wife with me. We went together and walked I don't know, a couple miles. I measured it. And I said, Daggone, I'm going to do this every day. Every day I'm going to do this. Rodney, you listening out there? My buddy Rodney knows what I'm talking about. Because um, it's one thing to say that you want to get in shape, and it's another thing to get in shape, isn't it? And as I cross over that 70-year-old barrier, I feel like I'm 23 inside still. But the reality is, is I'm 10 years from 80. Huh? I'm 10 years from 80 years old. The old hourglass is running out, man. My opportunity to make a difference is very, very short. And the older I, older I get, the more I care, the less I care about me and my life. I, the less I care about it. I'm, will, I'm literally willing to lay down my life, but I don't want to lay down my life for, for a meaningless cause. When I lay down my life, it's going to be for 
It'll be for a big reason. Hey, Michelle, if you could, I know she's listening up there. I left my Bible laying on the floor. Could you bring that down for me? I knew something was missing. I couldn't figure out what it was. And um, I saw this uh, this weekend again. John Brockoff showed up. God bless John Brockoff. I don't know if John's out there listening today. The mad bomber I'm calling. Hey, FBI. Yeah, John. that John Brockoff. Yes, that John Brockoff that blew, uh, burned down two abortion clinics. Yes, that John Brockoff. He's a friend of mine. He's a friend of mine. You know, I know this about John Brockoff. He's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And I know, I know when I'm around a, a real Christian, and I know this, John Brockoff was willing to lay down his life. 2,477 days he spent in federal lockup for burning up, blowing up, burning up, whatever, abortion, two abortion clinics down in, in uh, um, Cincinnati, Ohio. I don't know if you guys know that about John. Peaceful. Oh, thanks, sweetie. Peaceful John. He did. He came because he's hungry. It mattered enough to him. And you know what? I'm not talking out of school. Glenn, Glenn Claremont. Glenn brought a guy with him. Rich. And Rich met John Brockoff. And Rich has an unbelievable story to tell, but I'm not going to. You know, I, I think Rich wouldn't mind if I shared it. Rich met John Brockoff, and Rich is from Columbus. They'd never they'd never met before. And John starts telling his story about FBI. John Brockoff's my friend. He, yes, he burnt. Yes, he burned down two two abortion clinics. Yes, he did. And uh, Rich is here, and John John tells a story, and Rich realizes that there's a time in his life and I'm going to try to clean it up, where Rich helped somebody go to that same abortion clinic and kill their baby years and years and years ago. And uh, Rich, Rich was telling the story, and, and John Brockoff said, yeah, that's one of my burnt down. That's one of the clinics I burned down. And uh, Rich got, Rich was really deeply touched by it. He got some closure in his life. Who would ever thought jumping in a van and riding with a group of men Dayton would be able to impact a guy's life like that, but it did. It did. George McCloy showed up. You guys hear George come in here. He's George got hooked. Sorry, he got hooked. Got, we got him. We got him hooked. And and George will George will never be the same. George told me said he gets up sometimes three in the morning just starts reading, and it all happened when he when he dare I say it when he hooked into a little bit of testosterone. When he hooked into a little bit of Christian testosterone, it's what he was looking for. Rich's life has changed. And so I, I got I, I said to Glenn and those guys coming back, <clears throat> and uh, more convinced of it than ever, uh, I'm on a manhunt. I've, I've been telling you this for a while, right? I'm on a manhunt. Now, look, I'm not, I'm not after – can I tell you the truth? There aren't very many men sitting in church. Not real men. Not, not real men. I'm sorry, they're not real men. Amen. Uh, there's a lot of men there who have a form of godliness. So it tells us that in Second Timothy, I think it is. The form of godliness, denying the power thereof, and such men turn away. Religious men, guys who've been religiousized. And, uh, what's the word, uh, uh, Clay? Pious. Piety. Piety. Is this act of, can I, can I tell you the truth? I'd much rather hang around a cigar smoking sometimes cussing, real Christian man. Many of the people are running in church. Somebody, would somebody say amen to me? 
Because Amen. 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 All of this stuff that we're, that we're dealing with in the church, and the reason we can't get men to come to church is because it's our, our piety. Our piety. Oh, you said poop? Oh, you said, oh, you said that word? Oh, code. Oh, oh. And real men look around and say, who would ever want to be around a bunch of sissies like those guys? And then they go to church every every day, every Sunday, whenever they go, and they go to church and they act like Christians. Is somebody, am I hitting anybody in the head out there? They go in there and they're taught how to act as a Christian. Amen. And I, I'll never forget when I was coaching, uh, started a football program down Fairfield Christian Academy. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to raise up godly men, godly men. And we had the athletic director, maybe it wasn't the athletic director, maybe it was a principal one time, came out and talked to the team. We were just getting gone and told us how, you know, we represent the school, yada, yada, yada. And uh, he said, uh, everywhere we go, we want, you, we want you boys to act like Christians because you represent us. And it's important that we, that we have a good role, set a good role for others to follow. And he walked away. And I gathered them close to me and I said, I don't want any of you guys who act like Christians. <laughs> if you're going to act like one, get out of here. <laughs> we don't need any people acting like Christians. I'm looking like real Christians. And all of those ever born unto a woman, none was greater than John the Baptist. And I bet he wasn't welcome in most synagogues. You think he was? You think they welcomed John the Baptist in most synagogues? By the way, one of the most pious, sinless people Whoever walked the earth, a guy by the name of Jesus Christ, wasn't welcome in the church. Did you know that? You know that it was the church that crucified him? You know that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And some things never change. Some things never change. We're in the mess that we're in because we are not calling men to be men. It's we, we Oh, you smoke a cigar? Oh, my goodness. You can't come to our gathering. What? You with me, friends? I'm not talking about wanting sin. But if we're going to judge sin here, well, let's judge some sin. How about those of you guys who never never drink a beer, never smoke a cigarette, and never say a dirty word, had never done a damn thing to try to rescue a baby being slaughtered? Not one thing. Never done one thing. You never mm-hmm. did one thing to try to stop Christi- stop uh, homosexuality being, being shoved down the throat of your, of your school. Never did, never did a damn thing about it. Never, ever did a damn thing about it. And they're doing child trafficking probably right around your house. And you never did a damn thing about it. You want me to go on and on and on and on? Oh, but you don't smoke cigarettes and you don't drink beer. And you sure are a good old Christian boy. You know what I'm talking about, right? I'm sick of it, man. I'm sick of it. Because I looked, I I rode an hour and a half in that car with some Christians. And it was worth that. It was worth it just, just for that for me, just to be around those men. And I realized... There are uh, more of them out there. Can I tell you the truth? Probably not in church. They're probably not in church. That's what we're looking for. And if I could go on and on and on, right now I could start. I could start a two-hour show right now with those. With I'll get you the second. Hang on a minute. <clears throat> I, I could start a two-hour show right now with people telling me about the frustrations of trying to get their pastor to do the right thing. Anybody want to go first? Does anybody want to go first? People trying to get their pastor simply to speak up and do the right thing. Anybody, anybody want to go first? Because <clears throat> this show, would it would be a never-ending show. Never-ending show. Because why? I don't know. Trying to prod men to be men? I, I, don't, I, don't, know what, I don't know what it is. I don't know. Uh, I don't uh, know. 
<clears throat> I like uh, I like edgy men. Say, so what, what are you talking about? Well, let me tell you. When I was coaching, I loved those little guys who were about 165 pounds, and they couldn't really they they weren't big enough to be a good lineman, and they weren't fast enough to be a running back, and they couldn't catch the ball well enough to be a wide receiver. But they wanted to play. They wanted to play. We put them on the kickoff team. We called them wedge busters. Hey, Brett, you know what I'm talking about out there? You know what a wedge buster is? Amen. A wedge buster is a little 165-year-old scrawny guy who will go down there and he will throw his body in the midst of a wedge. I love those guys. I love those guys. And you know what? We don't honor the wedge busters, do we? We don't, we don't honor them. No, no. We want to get rid of the wedge busters. We want the dainty men sitting in our church. We want the men who love nothing more than doing, hang with me, mercy ministry. It was interesting as we were having a discussion. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember who. I, I'm not, look, folks, I never try to make fun of anybody because where you are, as my friend Tom Gill says, where you are is where you are, okay? Where you are is where you are. But if I, I, I ask, in uh, a conversation came up Saturday, having a discussion with some guy talking about their men's ministry at their church. And he said, well, what do, you, what, do you, what do you men like to do? What do you men like to do? Well, the truth of the matter is they don't really know what their men like to do. So when they get their men together, what do they do? They do mercy ministries. They feed the poor. They, and it's all good. I'm like, look, I'm, praise God that you go feed the poor. I'm not, I'm not making fun of that. When men come together, when men come together, we want to watch guys tackle each other. We want to see people shoot animals. We we want to. Are you with me? We want to watch people compete. We want to watch. We want to watch Mike Tyson get knocked out by Buster Douglas. That's what we want to watch. And it isn't anywhere near the church. In fact, if you like that stuff too much, you're probably not welcome. John uh, John Bevere wrote the book Wild at Heart. I'm looking for men who are wild at heart. I'd love to reignite the flame in the heart of men because I'm going to tell you this. The sissified, pussified, effeminate men sitting in the American church are not going to win America. We're not going to do it. We're not going to advance the kingdom. And I, I look, I, I, like I said, I could have opened I'm not trying to be negative. I'm showing you what's going on because I know, I know I'm over the target. I know I'm over the target. And I thank God for Neil Peterson, who opened up his church and let these guys come in there that he don't even know. They don't go to his church, none of that kind of stuff. They cook a breakfast for us. And Neil let me stand up there and be as wild and crazy as I am. And and uh, Martin got up there and he was wild and crazy. And Jeff Klein got up there and wild and crazy. And I told Neil that I'm going to send him an offering. He says, your money's no good here. Your money's no good here. Don't you dare send me an offering. Boom. And he didn't call me. He didn't call me over in the corner and say, Coach Dave, listen, this is getting pretty radical. We can't talk like this. And then Neil runs for runs for governor and, and all the pious men standing in the pulpit. <laughs> they don't want him running. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. People leave his church. Why? Well, I, I, well, I got a lot of stuff here. But I, I started out by saying this. We're without excuse. We're without excuse. Okay, so listen. Pull the calendar up there because I'm just putting one in here in the calendar right now. I, I was so blessed. 
There were about, uh, go count on my finger, one, two, three, because Martin worked really hard to get people down there on Saturday. Martin worked really hard. And I know the turnout wasn't what Martin wanted. It's okay. There were eight people there that I'd never met. They came because they listened to the show. Huh? Is that unbelievable? That, that so blessed me. Nobody invited them. They listened to the show and they drove, some of them drove a long way to come and be there. And that's why I know they're out there, man. I know they're out there. So uh, on the 20, the 17th, I've got to get this right. I got a lot of things going on and you got a lot of good things going on. We got a lot of stuff invested in a lot of events and all that kind of, a lot of it. But I am having on the 20, on the 17th and 18th, that is St. Patty's Day. Is that right? Is that St. St. Patrick's Day, March 17th? This is, this is like nine, nine, uh, nine days, nine days from now. I'm having a, I'm having a weekend with some men at Sky High. You want to come? You come. It's free. It's free. And yeah, you're going to help me. We'll do a little bit of weed whacking and we might even smoke a cigar. But you can sleep at Sky High. You bring a sleeping bag. It doesn't cost you a cent. You, you want to hang around some men? You really want to hang? Hey, FBI, don't try to sneak somebody in, okay? Look, we're not going to try to overthrow the government, although we should. We're not going to try to do that. So waste, don't waste my taxpayer money by paying some FBI agent to infiltrate and come, okay? Don't do that. But I'd like to I'd extend that invitation out there to anybody would like to come. Any man, 17th and 18th. At some point, let me know. Say, Coach, that's a short notice. And we got this other thing going on the week after. I know. I understand. Understand. I'm not going to sit around. I'm not going to sit around and wait anymore. I'm looking for real men. Real men. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Men who do this, blow their nose like that. I'm looking for some of those guys. Anybody looking for some of those guys? Because those are the guys that we're going to win this thing with. Men who are sold out, committed to the truth. And I know the women get mad because they want to come, but this is this is men only. This is men only. Men only. That's not even on the calendar yet. Seventeenth and seventeenth and eighteenth. Write it down. You can come. You can stay free. We're gonna we'll cook hot dogs. We'll cook deer. We'll cook whatever you we shoot. We'll eat buzzard maybe. Maybe we'll have us a little bit of buzzard. Maybe I'll find a turtle and we we'll eat a turtle. I'm looking for men. Cause go, hey guys. It ain't, it ain't the sissy prissy men are going to save it. It's not the men who only want to do mercy. Oh, Lord, do I have to say I'll say it. Okay. Mercy ministry is feminized. We need it. But a woman can do that. Hey, Clay, a woman can feed somebody. I can too. Amen. A woman can do that. And for the most part, the church does not see beyond womanly ministries. I'm not making fun of anybody who feeds. I'm not making fun of anybody. We need men who are going to stand in the gap and take on the Goliaths. And then we'll let the women be the nursemaids that wrap up the band, that bandage them up after the, after we, the battle's over. Anybody picking me Anybody with me here? Anybody see what I'm saying? We're not, we're not going to, we will not win with the prissy, sissified pastors in our churches. We will not win. Amen. And I'm going to tell you this. It's time for some of you out there, pastors in particular, you better, you better pick a side. 
you're going to be with the women or the men. You better pick a side. Because you, you, uh, if we don't stand up, I don't care how big and how powerful your prayer team is at your church. If men of God don't stand up on the front lines of this culture, you will lose your church. You will lose your church. Or you will be compromised to the point that you will become, as the scripture says, good for nothing except to be cast out and trodden under the feet. That's Amen. what's about to happen. That's about what to happen in American Christianity. But hang on, because I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to this. The devil is launching an all-out funnel assault. You know why? Because he knows it's all in time. He knows mm-hmm. it's now or never. And he knows the enemy. Do you, have you guys noticed this? He never changed tactics. It's always the same thing over and over and over. Always the same tactics that the devil uses. Lies, deception, fear. Lies, deception, fear. Lies, deception, over and over and over and over and over. It's the only one he has. And we are ignorant of his devices. We don't understand what's going on. We, and we don't get it. We don't get it. And so somebody comes along and whispers in your ear, you better stop hanging around Coach Dave. He's going to get you in trouble. Well, dude, what you don't understand is everybody's going to be in, in trouble if some of you don't start hanging around Coach Dave. Everybody's going to be in trouble. Right? You with me? Right? I'm, I'm, I'm venting here. I'm venting. Form of godliness, denying the power there. I'm sick of it. Go ahead, Joe. Are you men listening to what Coach is saying? We've got 130-something people in here. I'm 10 hours away from Coach. The 17th of March, we're doing a men's meeting down here. If you're not by him, do it in your local area. We're doing ours in the farm area. I got a total of 45 farmers in this local awesome. area. Awesome. Awesome. Get out there. Get out there and what Coach is saying. Take Coach's boot that he was wearing and deliver it. Amen. See, Joseph, here's part of the problem I run into. I'll just be honest with you. I'm swimming upstream because I'm trying to get the men in the church. And the the pastor is standing in the pulpit and he won't let anyone near his men. And here's all I got the evidence I got to show you. The men in the church obey him. Boom. Right? I was talking to Glenn. I'm sorry, I'm just venting here on a Monday. I was talking to Glenn about how he's been trying to get me to speak to the men of this church. And he can't get past that barrier. <laughs> right? Hey. Hey, Glenn, are you out there, Glenn? You out yeah, there? I'm here, Coach. Hey, hey Glenn, you're, you, were with us, you were with us on Saturday, right? Can you think yes. of any man that had any testosterone at all that wouldn't have joined that thing, wouldn't have enjoyed that? It, you know, there were some, there were some good things said. Uh, you know, and if, if men just would come and hear those things, they, they, would, they would be strengthened. They would be encouraged. But Glenn, it would be it would upset the apple cart in the church. See, I'm, they keep giving me promises, Coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they never deliver. Yeah, it, it upsets the apple cart. If you get a bunch of men who say, "Hey, hey, Pastor Joe, how long are we going to let them continue to teach transgenderism to our kids?" Uncle Joe, Pastor Joe's, <laughs> he's he's nervous now, dude. He ain't never done anything like that. 
And if he goes out there, then what are they going to say about him in the community? And if they're going to say things about him in the community, then he's not going to be able to see, say the prayer before the, the banquet at the football banquet. You know, I'm telling you the truth, right? They say, they say we, we, <clears throat> hey, boys, we're without excuse. What? Oh yeah, I'm gonna show you that Romans pulled up. Hang on. So we got people said, "Well, coach, I can't come to the, I can't come to the." Uh, uh, okay, I heard that, Lord. I don't know right now. I don't. I'm just gonna throw this up. I just. You don't have to come in and say it right now. You can email me. Uh, there's somebody that wants to come. I don't know who it is. Somebody wants to come to be part of this thing, and they can't afford to do it. And some of you have Sky Miles, and you could book a flight for them. It wouldn't even cost you a cent. Wouldn't even cost you a cent on your credit card. You just use all those miles that you accumulated and said, Coach, I'll pay for that guy. So if that's you that want to come and can't, and if you're the one that's got the sky miles, email me and let me know. Okay. Thank I, I just obedient to the Lord to say that. Just obedient to say that. So uh, we're without excuse, he tells us. We're without excuse. Uh, people said, Coach, I can't come to both, uh, I can't come to both the, the men's thing. It's only nine days away. You can give us any notes. I know I didn't. I just heard from the Lord. And I did it. So I told my wife. She said, it's not very well planned. I said, I know it's not. I know it's not very well planned. But if everybody could get $1,000 that came, oh, they'd get here. <laughs> they'd get here if I said $1,000 everybody comes. And they'd change their plans real quick and get here, wouldn't they? Yeah. So it's a matter, again, about how much, how much you really want to do it. See? So uh, we're without excuse. And we have a form of godliness. Yeah, is that what it says? Yeah, form of godliness. Shape of a shape of a Christian. We have a form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. The Bible says stay away from those kind of folks. Now, For Second Timothy three five. Amen. Yeah, Timothy, huh? We have a form of godliness. Second Timothy three. Pull that up there real quick. I'm sorry, folks. This is just venting time for me here this morning. Okay. Bear with me. 2 Timothy 3, 3. This know also last days perilous are times. And I've said a hundred times, thousand times maybe, this is not an end times verse. This is not an end time verse. This know also in last days perilous times to come. This is not an end times verse. This is a verse about the nature of man. It's the nature of man, unrepentant, unregenerate, regenerate, Christ denying man. This is what this is about. This isn't telling us that it's going. Hey, friends, do you know how many times God's people have been messed up? He sent a flood. Then he, then he sent a flood and get rid of the evil. Didn't he done Sodom and Gomorrah? Didn't, didn't he rain down fire and brimstone? I, I believe he did that, right? Huh? So every time men get worse and worse and worse, the Lord whacks us some way or another, right? So this says, then last times, perilous times shall come. Why? Why will perilous times come? Because men men shall be lovers of their own selves. This is not an end times verse. This is the nature of man, unregenerate man. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient parents, without unholy, unthankful, without natural affection. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fears, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure and themselves, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power of God. Dudes, from such men, run! Is that what it says? 
Why? Because this is the sort that creep into houses and lead captive silly women and silly men who act like women, laden with sins, led away with all kinds of divers' lust. In other words, lust is just the desire to have something to satisfy your own natural desires, right? That's all lust is. Some lust after money, some lust after sports, some lust after fishing, some lust after women, some lust at whatever. And lust is lust is lust is lust, right? And they're led away with different kinds of lust. Led away from what? The truth. Ever learning, they're never able to come to the knowledge of truth. George McCloy has gone crazy because he's coming to the knowledge of the truth. So, oh my God, they've been they've been lying to us. Huh? What? Oh, yeah, they've, yeah they've, been, they've been lying to us. Yeah. And now George is mad because he's found that they've been lying to me the whole time. They've been reading to me out of this new international version and taking out some of the real manly terms in there. Because heaven forbid that a man would be a man. I'm all over the place, aren't I? I I, I wish you knew how deeply I felt what I'm telling you. To see a spirit of a man come alive, to see Rich come alive when he connected to John Brockoff. When Rich told me last night, you heard it, Glenn. When he got out of the van, he said, I'm all in. Whatever you need me to do, Coach, you call me, whatever, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yep. So he doesn't have a form of godliness. He used to have one. The churches are full of those who have a form of godliness, piety. Yep, form of godliness. Power what what scripture is that, Coach? It's uh, 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. Yep. So then they tell you in 2 Timothy 4, after he gets through telling all that, he, he gives us a solution to the problem. 2 Timothy 4. He says, here you go then, boys. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. You shall judge the quick and the dead is appearing. Preach the word. <laughs> the only thing that's going to overcome that sissified man that we just read about, somebody's got to preach the word to him. Be instant in season and out of season. Uh, reprove, rebuke, exhort. With all long suffer. Now, I'll give you, Clay, I'll give you $550 for every letter in that sentence right there where it says love. L, I'll give you $550 for L, $550 for O, $550 for V, and $550 for E. Where he says, just love your neighbor. Somebody show me. For the, to preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Here you go. Rebuke, reprove, exhort. Don't say love. You don't say love. Don't, uh-uh, not the love boat. Why? Well, time's going to come when they're not going to listen to sound doctrine. <laughs> the time, this is not an end time scripture. They won't listen to sound doctrine. We have pastors who won't even mention the sin of sodomy and homosexuality from their pulpits. Can somebody explain to me why? Why won't they, why won't they do that? It's one of the number one things ravaging our nation. And they don't even, they will not go there. Right? And so I was in that school last week. I was in Thomas Worthington High School. And uh, I can tell you this. Those students never heard anybody say something bad about homosexuality. No, no, no. That is not welcome. They don't hear it at school. They don't hear it at church. They don't hear it at church. Right? Oh, yeah. 
because time shall come and they're going to turn their ears away from the truth and they're going to be turned into fables. Fables are just Aesop's fables, just made up stories. Jesus loves you. Who are you to judge? Judge not, brother. Show him love, coach. I, 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 am I the only guy who sees this? And I maybe I'm maybe I'm special needs. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm. Is there is there a class for special needs Christians? I must be one. Because I, all I can do every time I read the scriptures, I see manliness. I don't see womanly womanliness. I don't see man. I don't see it there. I don't see it there. Every one of these things are manly. They're manly things. But the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. See, in order to play football for me, you had to endure some sound coaching. Some couldn't take it. Some couldn't take it. And so they're going to go play on another team where they scratch their ears. They got a big church and they got smoke machines. They got music. And they are as lost as a frog. But watch you in all things endure afflictions. Well, why would you have afflictions if you just spread love? Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Yeah, by the way, do you have to be in ministry to have a ministry? Well, that's a good question. Do you have to be in ministry to have a ministry? Or do you have a ministry and you're just not in it? Paul said, I'm ready now to be offered time my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Henceforth has laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord himself, <laughs> the righteous judge, shall give to me on that day, not only to me, but unto all them that also love his appearance. So do thy diligence coming to me shortly. Okay, cool. I've rattled on for 34 minutes. I'm not even close to being done. Go ahead, George. I'll let you in. You heard enough of me. Go ahead, George. Thank you, Coach. This is what I see and saw this weekend. Mark chapter 3, verse 17. And James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James. And he surnamed them Boenergies, which is sons of thunder. I liken that to I saw you and I saw Martin this weekend starting soft and slow. Like mm. a small earthquake, and when he lets go, half the valley shakes. <laughs> amen. 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 You know what? Look, look, I got to tell you something. How many of you, <laughs> got me laughing, George. How many of you hated me, hated this show because I yelled? And now, now look at you. Now look at you. You're in here every day. Because you understand it's enthusiasm. It's it's encouragement. It's chastisement. It's good for the soul. But most people run away from it. They run away from it. They don't want it. Julie, come on in. Then Laura. Then Clay. Then Dale. Good morning, Coach. Um, I'm going back to your definition of love. You say love everybody. Well, that means correct. (laughs) Speak the truth. So just saying. Whom, Whom the Lord loves, he chasteneth. Right? The greatest expression of love is telling somebody the truth. They don't, nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. My wife lied to me the other day because I, 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 I got out of the shower. I'm not trying to gross you out. I got out of the shower. We all got a 
well, I've got a mirror there. We get out of the shower, right? And that mirror don't lie, even though we think it does. And I said, uh, God, I gotta, I gotta lose some weight. And my sweet wife, what did she say? Oh no, honey, you're just perfect. I think, you freaking liar. You liar. Why do you encourage me to be fat? Why don't you say, honey, if you don't lose 10 pounds, I'm leaving you. I'd lose the weight then, baby. Right? But until somebody tells us the truth about ourselves, we'll never, ever get over the hump. And we'll never get, and I'm going to tell you this, it's a war, baby. It's a war. And you ain't going to love your way through the war. If you think we're going to love our way to victory, uh, you don't know what love is. Hmm? Where is that? First Corinthians 3, is that the love verse? Where is that, Dale? Where's the love verse? First Corinthians 13. First, first, go ahead and come on in here while I see you there. Go ahead while I got you in here. How was your trip? Well, oh, brother, well, we seasoned the golf, brother. We ministered. We did. We had a lot of ministry, but that, that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about that, that, that word that we tend to, you know, twist the scripture being like Satan talking about that our words are supposed to be spoken in love. That's not what it says in Colossians. It says, let always your speech be with grace. That word grace is the same grace that's used in uh, Ephesians chapter two. That's not unmerited favor because that makes no sense. That word grace there is revelation. Let your, let your speech always be with revelation and seasoned with salt. You know what the salt is, brother, is letting them know, brother, if you do not repent, you will perish likewise, brother. That is that is grace seasoned with salt, and it burns, brother. That's Amen. what it is. Amen. Uh, see, because I, I ought to do a show on uh, the different types of love, right? I love my children different than I love my wife. I love, uh, I love the uh, Cleveland Browns differently than I love my children. See, we have we take love. And we just spread it like butter. Love, 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 love. No, no, no. You ever heard of tough love? And by the way, is there anything such as soft love? I suppose there is. But for the most part, love is what? Patient, kind. Where is that? Verse 13. Uh, get up before me. When I was a child. And, uh, uh, no, it's no, go, go, verse one. Verse one. Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go up there. Huh? Though I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not love, charity, I'm a sounding brass, tinkling cymbal, and though I give the prophecy and all my mysteries and all knowledge, and have through, and though I have all faith so that I can move mountains and have not love, I'm nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body, wait a minute, why would you be bestowing all your goods to feed the poor if you don't have love? You mean you can act like you love the people? Because love suffers long. Love brings suffering. Love is kind. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't vaunt itself up. Love is not puffed up. Love doesn't behave itself unseemly. Love doesn't seek its own. Love is not easily provoked. Love thinketh no evil. Love doesn't rejoice over sin, but rejoices in truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. I could go on and on and on and on. We don't even know what love is. Come on in, Lauren. Thanks, Coach. Good morning. And a couple points on this scripture verse right here. This is also a prayer. Because this is Jesus saying, like, who God is, right? My love does not suffer long. You know, I, you know. I keep a record of wrongs. God doesn't. And it's a, it's, it's a great prayer 
you know, um, when you can personalize it and do that and that, and, and in the fruits of the spirit where it says, you know, love patience, the word patience is actually trans is translated to love. That's long suffering. It's not, yeah. it's not the patience that we've been lied to that. W- if you have the fruits of the spirit, which means, yeah. you know, you just are supposed to be calm and you're just, it's, that's, that's a false gospel. And the issues are we've been taught and indoctrinated by doctrines of demons and demons at the pulpit that, you know, are telling us how to think, which are wrong. And women need to come together and say, I want, I want to be around men that have testosterone. I don't want to be protected by a man that I'm going to have to protect. You know, and if we as women come up and raise our voice, and come alongside men and say, hey, look, I want you to go to this. I want your, I want a guy. I want a husband. I want to raise my sons to be men who have testosterone, not estrogen, testosterone. Amen. Amen. He made a male and female, didn't he? Huh? What do you think all this transgender thing is all about? All the blending of the sexes. Folks, don't you understand that's straight from hell? That's straight Amen. from the mouth of Satan himself to, to make a man act like a woman? And for us to accept it, look, I want to, I want to, sorry, I want to bring new life to an old word. Can I do it? Can I do it? Is it okay, Clay? Can I do it? All right. Dude, you're a sissy. You're a sissy. Come on, Clay. Well, two things, Coach, and one is what you just said. When you're on a team, uh, if you're out there to improve yourself and learn new skills and better yourself, then you can take what you just said. You can be yelled at and called a sissy if you need to be called a sissy. And we've all seen it. If you've been on the team, some people come out there just to glorify themselves. They don't really want to improve. The coach will call them a sissy. They'll run off the field and go crying to the mom and daddy. The other ones will come back and they'll work their butts off until the coach comes back and give them a pat on the back. That's right. The other thing, Coach, this is real important now. When we come to that men's meeting and huddle at Sky High or something, can we have a talk about uh, and vote on maybe the shade of the colors on the Coach Dave live hats and and maybe get some music ministry funds and and uh, that background that you got? I think we ought to change it every once in a while. Uh, this is there's some important topics we need to talk about, right? Well, I'm going to be there. I like my hat though. Well, I'm like just saying that's what we that's what the if you go to church, ain't that what they talk about at church? Yeah and fight about right. and argue oh, about. I, I, I got you. I got you. Huh? Yeah, I got you, man. That yeah. was sarcasm. That was I got it. Now listen, folks, I, I'm gonna say this. If you want to come and, and you don't have a gas money to do it, say, Coach, I want to come, I can't afford it. Somebody in here will pay it for you. We'll get we'll raise them. Don't let that be an excuse for why you can't come. All right. Glenn, come on in. I see you, Myra. I'm trying to get some of these men in here real quick. Go, Glenn. And Tim. Yeah. You know, uh, going back to that, uh, going back to Timothy, uh, I suggest that uh, when it talks about being an evangelist, uh, that's just, you know, that's not just yeah. preaching the gospel. Okay. <laughs> it's it's reaching out. We have to, I think, reach out to other men. We have to find other men who are looking for something more than what the church is currently offering. We just can't be a cowboy and, you know, participate with the group. We, we've got to find some other guys Amen. and bring them Amen. along. That's part of being an evangelist. Hey, Glenn, if we, if we don't know there's a game, ain't nobody going to show up and play, is there? 
Ain't nobody going to show up and play. And most men don't even know there's a game. They go to church, they're faithful men, they're taught to be women, and they don't even know there's a game going on. Amen. They don't. They think the game's over and they're waiting for the bus to take them, take them home. Come on in, Tim. So uh, in 2 Samuel, Coach, I mentioned 2 Samuel uh, 3, 39, the sons of Zeruiah. Yeah. And one of the uh, sons was Joab, who had three brothers. So these three brothers compete against each other. They were the mighty men of David. Mm-hmm. So um, imagine these three mighty men who fought next to David. And in 39, David said, Oh, sons of Zeruiah, you're too hard for me. But why were these men so hard? They were they were hardened fighting men. And uh, Joab, mm-hmm. the oldest brother, was the number one man for King David. And we know that he killed Abner uh, because Abner killed his brother, uh, I think, uh, Aziel or something like that. But it is such a good study of these three men and how tough they were. And even David called them, you're too hard for me. Too hard for me. <laughs> David was a mighty man. Wow. Huh? I need it, some hard men, right? We need where some, is we need, that, Tim? That's uh, uh, 2 Samuel 3.39. But the study is in who were the three brothers. And one was tough, biggest, strongest man. One of the brothers was as fast as the wind. So he could run faster than anybody in David's army. And he's the one that caught Abner. Uh, and Abner said, turn away from me, lest I slew you. And Abner and the brother said, no, I'm going to come and get you. Well, he slew him, uh, Aziel. And Joab was so pissed off at it, he finally killed him. And David was mad because he killed him. <laughs> I was just like, it's a great they, study. You had to check it out. And they, bur- they buried Abner in Hebron. Do you see that? <laughs> oh, my goodness, my goodness. Tim, I appreciate you being in here. Pastor Clint, I appreciate the the wisdom you guys bring. I'm sorry, I'm on men right now. Randy, go ahead. Coach, there wasn't, there hasn't been any one man in history that liberated women more than Jesus Christ. Oh, buddy. Hey, he brought them out of the, he brought them out, Coach. Now, but but he didn't pick any women to 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 be the apostles. Why? Because he picked the sons of thunder. He picked mm. Peter, a rock. He picked the masculinity to be the apostles and to represent him in authority. Coach, we have to understand God loves women. They're his daughters. But they're not men. They're not masculine. We can't be a woman. And I mean, so the fact that the transgender movement and all this is right here in front of us and happening is a perfect, a powerful statement that God is getting ready to do something huge with the men. Because in other words, why would the enemy so be so panicked to get this done right now on this day? And listen, dude. Something so amazing with the men that he has to stop it. This is prophetic. I believe it. I believe it. it. I'll get get the girls in here in a second. I promise. I'll hire Brett go and then Clint. Hey, boom. Hey, coach, you hit it with the wedge busters with me, baby. Because, you know, we love the quarterbacks. We love the all-star running backs. But the wedge busters are only guaranteed one play in a game. Because mm. if the, the offense doesn't score, kickoff coverage doesn't get on the field. I love right. me, coach. Love this team. 
Amen. Amen. And you know, they said the Cleveland Browns weren't, or uh, Cleveland Browns weren't real good this way. Are you ready? Why? You want to know why, folks? Because they didn't have any defensive linemen. He said, who are those? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> those are the hogs. Those, those are the, uh, uh, those are grind in the dirt guys that you don't even know their name. Root hog and die, baby. And the Cleveland Browns didn't have any of them. And they couldn't win because they didn't have them. Oh, they had good wide receivers, good quarterback, most expensive quarterback in all of football. And all the pretty guys, but they didn't have any root hog and die guys. Not any good ones. That's what we need, man. But the church needs Pastor Clint. Pastor Clint's a root hog and I listened to you yesterday, Pastor Clint. You better be careful. You're going to scare the people off. Go ahead. <laughs> well, Coach, it, uh, I think it was Roger. Um, I want to give a shout out to the women that are in this queue. They have got to be the strongest women on the face <laughs> of the earth because they they want to they want men to take the lead. They want men to do what they're called to do, and I know I'm not saying this right, but for them to put up with you taking, you know, uh, yeah, they come every day. They come back every day, right? They understand because they're godly, strong women, and I want to give a shout out to y'all. Me too. Yeah, amen to the godly, strong women who are trying to drag your husband across the finish line. Their husbands should be proud. Yeah, yeah, they should. They should be. Instead, they're scared. Husbands are sta- scared instead. Sad. It's sad. All right, Myra, and then Janine. Yes, Coach, in regard to the Bents, um, Coach Davey Bents and the people that attend, men and women, and what Randy and you have been saying all along, Romans eight fifteen through 19, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby Amen. we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit self bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children then hears of, and hears of God and join hears with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy, to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Hallelujah. They're waiting for us. They're waiting for us. They're waiting for us. Hey, okay, I heard that. Hey, look, 20 of you go to CoachDaveLive.com, put 50 bucks in there. I want $1,000 to pay gas for some of these guys who don't have the money to come. You, you can't come, you, you can help. You can't come, you can help. All right? Janine, come on in. I'd like to go back to uh, the love chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Right. And I know I, I said this before that um, charity, we throw that out as love, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But do we understand the deeper meaning? If you put a supreme love for the Lord, guys, or women, but guys, it brings you right to the first command, the, the first um, stone of the commandments about loving God, a supreme love for the Lord. Amen. Read that. A supreme love for the Lord suffereth long and is kind. A supreme love for the Lord envieth not. And you can go on and on. And it yep. brings you right back to the first of the Ten Commandments of the 
uh, first stone. It's powerful, it's deep, and that's what gives you your strength of being that testosterone because you know who you are. You know who lives inside of you, right? You know whose life yours is. Amen, Janine. Well done. Betty, internet. Here. I'm here. Thank you, Coach. I, I just wanted to say that women, they want their men to lead. Yeah. A lot of men don't want that responsibility. So women, a lot of men think women, and sorry men, it's not you guys, because you guys are men. But a lot of men think women are there just to cater to them and to run the show. They just don't want no responsibility. All they want to do is go out and drink or watch TV or be with their friends or whatever. But there's, be- no, there's no challenge in church. There is yeah. zero challenge in church other than controlling your own behavior and your relationship with the Lord. Exactly. Amen. But, you know, you, it's, you need to be a manly, uh, yeah, be a, uh, to be a manly through God. Yeah. I wrote this down. I, but anyway, you must be a godly man. To be a manly man, <laughs> you must yeah, have God. Yep, yeah, that's right. You gotta have a godly man. Hey, by the way, uh, I had this conversation with my wife this morning. But we're dealing with some issues. All of us are dealing with issues, family issues. You know, I said to her, "He knows better. Without excuse, he knows better. What, what am I going to do? I'm going to force feed him. I'm going to hold him down and put a, ne- a, a noose around his neck. What? What? He knows. He knows better. He's without excuse." As much as I may want somebody to serve the Lord, as much as I want to be able to help somebody shake off that sin that so easily ensnares them and run with patience the race that is set before them, I can take the noose off, but I can't run for them. They know. They're without excuse. Amen. And I'll be damned if I'm going to ruin my life because they won't do what they know to do. They know it. They won't do it. And much else I can do. And that come in all the way from... California, I think out there. Good morning, Coach. Uh, I just got home <laughs> on a two-hour drive from San Diego. Anyways, brother, uh, good morning. Uh, I just wanted to share something. I was listening to you on the way, and uh, the new definition for church says it's uh, often capitalized an organized body of religious believers. Uh. And, I, and I thought to myself, um, I'm free from, I have freedom from religion. How about that? Yes, ma'am. That's, the, that's that <laughs> piety I'm talking about, huh? Looking right, smelling right, combing your hair right, not smoking a cigar, not ever drinking a beer. If you do all that stuff, oh, you're pious and great. Oh, you are just the finest Christian. And by the church is full of them, huh? Full of them. Bless you, Annette. I don't know what you're doing up so early in the morning, but God bless you. Say hi to Carlos. Form of godliness. Oh, they look plastic Christians. They look like Christians. You know, they sure do. Come on, Stephen. Coach, I just want to say uh, thank you for my manhood back because <laughs> I want to be a man in my last relationship. Could never be a man. I had kids and a woman running me. So I praise the Lord for separating me from that. And I thank you guys for the manly and godliness because, boy, the devil can get at your head. Oh, you don't have love in your heart. But they don't like the truth, and that's the problem. And because of it, they run like cowards. Amen. Amen. What we do? Look, folks, that's what they've been taught. Turn the other cheek. Easy, crimey. Amen. 
Hey, come and join us, will you? On the 17th. Again, if you if uh, you can't make it here and you want to come, say, Coach, I'm sorry, I just don't have the finance. But wait, hang on. You say, Coach, I was saving up all my money to come that one that next weekend. Huh? Steve Deck, I'm not telling stories on Steve Deck. I, Steve Deck gives everything he has, sacrifices everything he can to help us. He says, Coach, I'm, I want to come to both of those things. I said, man, that's hard to come out there. I said, dude, stay. <laughs> stay. couple weeks vacation. Go on out. Stay. We'll do both of them. But I'm going to tell you this. If you can't make both, men I'm talking to now, come and be with the men. If you can't do both, come and be with the men. Because I'm going to tell you this. If it mattered enough to you, you would do both. You would find you would find a way to do it. I'm going to tell you right now, we will not, the people in this queue, you can all raise your hand and say, maybe it's just me. We will not let you not come because you can't afford it. Will anybody say amen and help me, help amen. these guys amen. Come who can't come? We will not let, you can use it as an excuse if you want to, but it, that crap don't flush you. Because so there are people in this queue who will support you in getting here. Okay? You hear what I'm saying? And so if you have to make a choice between the two, if you're a man and you have to make a choice between the two, you need to be around men. That's my that's my take. That's my take. We'll help you get it. Randy, quickly. Coach, the reason Jesus said turn the other cheek, the reason he said put up your sword, and because they had Jesus had to fulfill what he was there to do. He 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 told Pilate, No, I won't fight. I'm not gonna fight. If my kingdom were in this of this world, I would fight. Well, after the resurrection, it he could he would fight. He would stand up for his kingdom because it's a different it's a different context. So when we hear those things and people say, Oh yeah, you gotta turn the other cheek, that you gotta put it in context, coach. It's not about after the resurrection and his he's a dominion king now he's right he came he came to be king he wasn't king till he was finished he came to be king now he's king and he said he didn't get involved in what everybody's talking about the romans because he was fulfilling a task what first john 3 8 for this purpose was the son of god manifest he would destroy the works of the devil. And the only way he could destroy the works of the devil was being obedient to what his father had called him to do. And not standing up and defending himself, and fighting for himself. No, no, no. He came to pull down a system to destroy the works of the devil. And he hung him on the cross and he said, it's finished. I did it. I did it. All right, boys, saddle up. I did it. Saddle up. Let's go. That's the way I read the gospel. Everywhere I read the gospel, that's what I read. Can I tell you why? Because I'm a coach, and I see obedience as the key everywhere I look. I see obedience. I see obedience. Obedience to what? Not when you're on the football field, you're not obedient to the right tackle beside you because he wants to go out and get a beer at night. No, 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 no. You're obedient to the coach, and the right guard says to the right tackle, "I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that." I'm, coach said, "Don't do that." I ain't doing that. You get, you get it, folks? We now have a risen king. We have a commander in chief. And we need to say to one another, I ain't doing that. You may do that, but I ain't doing that. Why? Because I feel, uh, pledge fealty, loyalty to a king. One ruling and reigning right now. And if men started to do that, we wouldn't find ourselves in the mess that we find ourselves in all the time. Lukewarm, sissified, cowardly, wearing masks.
keeping your mouth shut, not standing up, not pushing back. You are more, you are never less like Jesus when you're afraid. See you tomorrow.